perspective. You know, we've been uh, in our series looking at how to energize our life. And today what I want to look at particularly is to look at problems, problems that jolt your life. Uh, In other words, how do we see things from God's perspective? Um, I think most of us, when we have problems in our lives, is this true? When you have a problem in your life, you think, okay, God must be mad at me. You know, God's angry. Uh, God's getting even with me. Uh, God's punishing me for for something I've done. Uh, Sometimes uh, things go wrong and, and we think, you know, Something must be wrong in my life, and I must be outside of God's will, and that's why I'm being jolted. That's why I've got all these problems, all all these situations. And the truth is, a lot of times, hear this, a lot of times, the problems that you have in your life are part of God's will for my life and your life. and so what, what I want to do is, is look at those problems, look at them, how God can use them. And the fact is that God doesn't cause your problems, but God will use your problems for good. The reality is I cause most of my problems, and so do you, all right? So if you don't learn anything else today... Remember that, that you cause most of your own problems. Sometimes, sometimes, other people cause problems. Sometimes the evil one will cause problems in our life. Sometimes the world causes problems. Sometimes just nature can cause your problems in life. And it really doesn't matter who causes the problems. What matters is that God's going to use those problems for good. If, if your life has been jolted recently, you picked a great day to come to church because we, we're going to talk about how, how God can use those problems. 1 Peter 4, verses 12 and 13 says this. In fact, let's read this together in unison. Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you're in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a supernatural refining process with glory just around the corner. Wow. I mean, that, that verse just speaks volumes. You know, we've been uh, taking uh, different uh, energy drinks, and uh, this is a can of Jolt. And uh, just curious, how many of you have ever had a can of Jolt? All right. Some of you need one this morning. You're like, I just can't get my hand up. Uh, but this is kind of the granddaddy of energy drinks. This was the first energy drink that was really on the, the major market. And uh, Jolt has several different kinds of energy drinks in the family. This happens to be uh, Jolt Blue is what they call it. And uh, I love on, on the back of this, uh, it talks about... 220 volts of caffeine, you know. In other words, it's just jammed full. And and what I find interesting is when life gets jolted, we get kind of blue. True? I mean, has your life ever really been jolted to the point that 
you find yourself blue. And, and what I love, and I, I've got all these energy drinks on my uh, desk because I've been kind of playing with them, trying to figure out how to, how to work them into to a message. And uh, it's great. People come in for counseling, and i got like 50 energy drinks on my desk. And they just look at me like, and we're here for what? Uh, and I said, well, it's a lot better than when I've got like games on my desk or something like that that we're trying to use. But uh, on this can... It says, you ready for this? It's all positive. It's all positive. And that's what I want to focus on today is when life gets jolted, 220 volts. When life gets jolted, friends, when you get blue, and you will, when life hits you hard enough, you need to remember this. It's all positive. It's all positive. And I know that sounds kind of odd. But the reality is God's going to take that jolt. God's going to take it, whether it's big, medium, or small. And God's going to make something positive out of it. God has a purpose behind that jolt, behind that problem, behind that, that situation that you're facing. And how you deal with that jolt. How you deal with that problem will make all the difference in the world. I mean, how are we to handle the jolts? Well, I want to give you a few things. First, Jay, join God's plan. I believe we have to join God's plan. When, when we face, many times our, our lives, we get jolted and we get knocked. God is simply trying to point you in another direction in your life. You know, sometimes you're heading one direction, everything's going fine, and you're cruising down the road, and all of a sudden, God says, you know what? I don't want you to go that way. And so God will put roadblocks in, in your life. He'll, he'll force you to go a different way. You had, ever had that happen in your life? Going one way, and all of a sudden, you got to go another way. Proverbs 16:9 says, we make our plans, but the Lord directs our steps. I mean, what's that mean? The fact is, your life and mine, we make plans. We, we set goals, hopefully. We establish priorities. We chart a path for our life. We, we chase our dreams. But friends, God directs. And how does he do it? Well, sometimes God does it with problems. You ever notice you have a problem in your life and, you know, you all of a sudden get jolted. And what happens? All of a sudden, you change your plans. Anybody had a problem this week? You had to change your plans? You had to, had to shift around? I mean, the Bible says that we ought to plan. That's a good thing. But the Bible says, you know what? God's going to direct it, ultimately. And one of the ways he does it is he allows jolts in your life. He allows you to get knocked. Proverbs 20 says sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. How many of you believe that's true? It's absolutely true. We don't change when we see the light. Friends, we change when we feel the heat. When things push us, problems and pain and frustration is a very, very powerful motivator. It gets our attention. 
it, it gets in our face. In fact, I'm convinced that if everything was comfortable, if everything was going our way, we would never change. Sometimes you need a jolt to make you change. I like what Aristotle, Aristotle says, the only, the only way we learn is through pain. I don't like that. I don't like that statement, but I, I, I think it's true. Sometimes the only way we learn something is to get burned. And I believe that God uses that jolt to direct you and me, that 220 when it, when it kicks in. You know, I love the story of the prodigal son. Probably one of the most famous stories in all the Bible. But we got this young boy comes to his father. And he says, you know what, Dad? I want my inheritance now. Now, I don't know why the dad gave it to him. Honestly, I don't. But he did. And so this young boy goes off and he blows his entire inheritance. He heads to Vegas and just blows it all. Not really Vegas, probably Jerusalem, but anyway, same problem. He went there. He spent his money on women and wine. And eventually, all of his money runs out. And he gets so desperate that he, he can't afford anything, and he's living in a pig pen. Now, that's a problem for anybody, but especially if you're Jewish. And so, I mean, he, here he is. He's living with pigs, the most unclean thing imaginable. And he comes to this point in his life, and Scripture says this, when he came to his senses, he said, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go back to the home of my father. I'm thinking, duh. (laughs) That's a wake-up call. One of the benefits of a jolt in your life, he was jolted, one of the benefits when you get jolted is... That problem, wherever it finds you, it will not leave you there. You will never be the same when your life seriously gets jolted. In fact, I believe that we rarely think about the important things of life until we are jolted. We don't, we don't think about, you know, why am I here? Where am I going? You know, what is my purpose in life until you get jolted, until you face a problem that knocks you for a loop? And I mean, we rarely change without, without a jolt. What we do is we kind of postpone all the difficult decisions. Uh, we put off getting things right in our life. In fact, many of you would ignore an illness if it didn't hurt. True? We're, we're just notorious for that. Anytime you have emotional pain in your life, you know, depression or worry or stress or guilt or anger, or loneliness, fear, resentment, you know, pick whatever. That, that's a way that God says to you, hello, I want you to go a different direction. What you're doing isn't really working for you. You ought to see that as kind of a warning light in your life that things aren't right. But reality is most of us, we don't want to change. I mean, we don't. We're scared of it. And so when you get the 220... <laughs> All of a sudden, it's just like, okay, I think I'll change. I think I'll change. I think I'll change. Don't know where that came from. And the reality is, friends, that 
Some of you are here today. Some of you, because of a jolt in your life, you gave your your life to God. You became a Christian because of a jolt. And and what I want to say is, yay! Not for the pain, not for the problems, not for the situation, but yay, you changed. I mean, that's what I'm excited about, the fact that you changed. You know, there's a great story in the Old Testament. Uh, we've got the prophet Elijah. Elijah is a great man of God, and he gets jolted. He hits some tough times in his life, and he's kind of spinning out. And so God comes to him and says, you know what? I want you to take a little R&R, Elijah. A little rest, a little relaxation. In fact, God puts him up in the mountains, a mountain spa. And God says, you know what? I'm going to take care of you. And he put, puts... Elijah near a a brook that has fresh water. And supernaturally, God kind of caters food into him every day. He has everything that he needs up there. And things are great. He's starting to recover and rebuild and rejuvenate. And then all of a sudden, the brook dries up. Have you ever had a brook dry up in your life? You know, something that you were depending on, all of a sudden it's gone. Boom. Maybe a job, maybe a relationship, maybe a friendship. You know, something that you were depending on for emotional strength or spiritual strength or physical strength. You know, that that source of income or support just dries up. The fact is, friends, brooks will dry up in your life. They will. That's just uh, the reality of life. And, and so what's Elijah do? His brook dries up. Well, he does what you and I do. He starts complaining. Hey, what, what's up here? You know, God, don't you love me anymore? Don't you care about me? You know, you, you promised, you promised that you would take care of all my needs and I'm thirsty and there's no water. Sound familiar? God, it's all dried up. It's gone. And the fact is that all of a sudden, what he needed was gone. And I think God came to him and said, you know what, Elijah? Of course I love you. Of course I care about you. Of course I'm going to take care of you. There's just a problem. I have something else for you to do. And I don't want you living by this brook the rest of your life. And so the only way I can get you to move is to dry it up. You know, sometimes God wants you to move in your life. Sometimes God wants you to shift gears, you know, a different job, change change in friendships or relationships in your life, a a change in venue or or the the situation that you find yourself in. And God will use those jolts so that you join his plan. And when you experience those jolts, you ought to ask a very key question. We're going to be looking at several key questions in the midst of our, our problems. And you ought to ask this. Where is this jolt leading me? Where is it leading me in, in my life? Where is God trying to direct me to? Second thing that problems ought to, ought to bring about, oh, we ought to observe our lives. We ought to observe our lives. That 
God will use a jolt. God will use a problem to test your character, to test your integrity, your motives, what's inside of you so that you can figure it out. Jeremiah 17.10 says this, But I, the Lord, search all the hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due reward according to what their actions deserve. God will use those jolts in your life so that you can see what's in your heart, you know, what's important in life. Proverbs 16 says people are satisfied with whatever looks good, but God probes for what is good. You see, God's more interested in your integrity than he is your image. God's more interested what's inside of you rather than what's outside of you. And if we were honest, if we were honest, most of us are more concerned about our image. As long as it looks good on the outside, even if we're a mess inside, as long as it looks good outside, it's okay. I mean, that's how we operate. But oftentimes, God's going to use a jolt to force you to assess your life, to take a look at who you are so that you'll evaluate what is good, who you really are in your life. Not who you think you are, but who you are. The Old Testament, uh, Moses, he's leading the children of Israel uh, out of slavery in Egypt to the promised land. And so they leave Egypt. They go through the Red Sea or the Reed Sea. Literally, they go through it. They end up at Mount Sinai. They get the Ten Commandments. And then they were to walk across the desert. It should have taken them a couple weeks. It took them 40 years. 40 years. Why did it take so long? Well, God kept testing them. And they kept failing the test. And every time they failed, God said, let's take another lap around the Sinai. 40 years, same problems, same jolts, same wrong reaction. Round and round and around they went. Anybody going through circles today? You feel like you're going in circles? Feel like you just keep doing the same stuff over and over and over again? See, here's what I believe. God loves you enough to keep testing you. God loves you enough to take you through those wilderness experiences where you feel alone where you wonder where God is, where you wonder what's next, what's around the corner. And when you face those jolts, when you face those problems, some of you are going through that right now. During those jolts, God's saying, you know what? Will you trust me? Will you obey me? Even if you don't understand, are you willing to stick alongside? How do, you, how do you test, like when you go to the grocery store and you're buying fruit, how do you test fruit to see if it's any good? <laughs> how? I, I'm sorry, speak up. Squeeze it. Okay, there we go, squeeze it. Yeah, usually look at it, might smell it, squeeze it, don't taste it, Okay. Have you ever felt like God is squeezing you? When you feel like you're in the squeeze, 
you find out what's inside you. You find out what you're made of in life. When the squeeze is on, you determine what's in here. And your reaction, your reaction to the jolt, friends, hear this, reveals a lot about your faith. You know, a lot about your commitment, your integrity, your maturity, who you really are in life. You know, the the fact is, when life jolts you, you have an opportunity, a chance to inspect your life, to take a look at, at who you are. And it's also a refining process. You know, Isaiah 48 says, I have tested you in the fire of suffering. You know, in other words, God will use those situations in your life to burn off the impurities in your life. Some of you are suffering right now. You're going through some tough times. I don't know why. Maybe you caused it. Maybe someone else caused it. Maybe it just happened. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I say this over and over. You don't have to fix the blame somewhere. But you need to. I'd encourage you to ask the question, what God, do you want me to learn here? What do you want me to burn off in, in my life? You know, God may be wanting you to burn off uh, selfishness or, or pride, or maybe God wants you to get a handle on materialism or insecurity. Uh, maybe God wants you to straighten out some things in your life, maybe a misplaced priority or, or sin or whatever. Maybe, maybe God just wants you to learn to trust him in everything. Everything in your life. Life will test you. Life will test you. And I think sometimes God tests us just to see if what we say we believe is what we really believe. You know, I say I believe a lot of things. You know, you you can say that uh, God's first in my life. But when the pressure's on... Do you kind of push God to the sidelines? Do you get a little sidetracked uh, along the way? If you get sidetracked, friends, another lap. You get to do another lap. You know, I say I have integrity. But when you get jolted, are you willing to lower your standards? You might say, you know what, I'm committed to marriage. But when the heat's on, do you want to give up? Do you want to walk out? You know, when you face a jolt in your life, you have an opportunity to embrace who you are, to check your life out. And here's the key question here. What does this problem, what does this situation reveal about me, about who I am? L, let God correct. Let God correct. Hebrews 12, 8, 8 through 10 says, God corrects all his children. And if he doesn't correct you, then you really don't belong to him. Catch that? You really don't belong to him. God corrects us for our own good because he wants us to be holy as he is holy. I think sometimes this is misunderstood because we don't get a a real good grip on the difference between correction and punishment. They're not the same. They're absolutely not the same. Punishment, friends, is something that looks toward the past. It looks toward the past. Uh, You do something wrong, you're going to get punished. All right? It's past-oriented. It's guilt-oriented. God never, hear this, God never punishes 
his children. You may be going, what? God never punishes his children. You know why? If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, Jesus already paid the debt. He already paid for that punishment, whatever should have been dealt out. And the reality is, God will correct you, though, but he won't punish you. Correction looks to the future. Correction looks and says, you know what? How are we going to do this different next time? This is the way that you should go now in your life. God is motivated by correcting. It's about love. God doesn't get a kick out of correcting us. He does it for our own good. How many parents? Let me see hands of parents. Parents? All right. It's a tough job. Now, how many parents get really excited about discipline in their kids? Huh? <laughs> How many parents discipline their kids because you love them? Big difference here. In fact, I would argue an uncorrected child is an unloved child. The same is true with God. God doesn't enjoy correcting, but he does it because he loves us. And correction, and here's what you need to hear. Correction is proof that you're part of the family of God. If you sin and sin and sin, and there is no evidence of God correcting you, here's a question you need to ask. Do I really have a relationship with God? Because reality is, friends, God will press you. God will get in your head in the midst of whatever it is you're struggling with. And again, as parent, as a parent, sometimes, sometimes you have to let your kids experience the consequences of stupid decisions. I've always said the best thing you can do for your kid, if, if they're not doing something that's going to kill them, or maim them permanently, the best thing you can do is let them experience the consequences. You know why? That's how you learn. That's how you learn. Job 5.17 says, Consider yourself fortunate if God chooses to correct you. It is a privilege, it is an honor for God to correct you, for you to be corrected by God in your life. You ought to say thank you, because God can save you a lot of headache. You know, C.S. Lewis said that uh, God whispers to us in our pleasure, but he shouts to us in our pain. The, The fact is, when God jolts you, when things get out of whack and God intervenes and allows something to, to happen, it's like, hello, have I got your attention now? And the reality is oftentimes we'll avoid the truth. We'll avoid looking at who we are until we're forced to face it head on. You know, Job 36 says God teaches people through suffering and uses distress to open their eyes. You know, God uses a jolt, a problem, to educate you. Now, some of you are highly educated today, right? Because you've been through a lot of problems. You know, hopefully we get smarter. 
as we go through the struggles of life. You know, some of you have had a lot of jolts. And ought to be registering, ought to be kicking in. You know, Psalms 119 says, It was the best thing that could have happened to me, for it taught me to pay attention to your laws. David wrote that in a very dark time in, in his life. You know, when you get jolted, you have an opportunity to learn. Many times down the road, you look back on those problems, those situations, those jolts, and, and people say, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Best thing that could have ever happened. I've heard that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. People say, you know that trial, that, that difficulty, that stress, that conflict, that separation was the best thing that could have happened. Why? Well, all kinds of reasons. People say, well, because it forced me to change. It, it forced me to evaluate, make a, take a look at my life, to deal with an issue. I, I, I learned how to grow during that time. You know, God may want to teach you uh, about a weakness in your life, about a blind spot, an area that you need to work on. Uh, he may want to teach you to trust Him. In fact, I, I've said, you don't know God's all you need until God's all you got. You just don't. Key question, here it is. What is this jolt teaching me? What's this problem teaching me? And here's the last one. Trade pain for protection. And this really has to do with perspective. Sometimes jolt in your life, that pain, that problem, that situation is really protecting you from something much worse. You know, it's kind of a, a blessing in disguise. You know, Psalms 91, 3 says, God will save you from hidden traps. In other words, sometimes that jolt, that thing that happens, is God trying to keep you from something a lot worse, a bigger trap. You know, it's taken me a long time in my life to realize that the disappointments in my life were really God's appointments in my life. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of stereotyping, but guys, what do you want to do when you face a problem? What do you want to do? Solve it? Solve it, no matter what. I mean, guys, that's, they're geared like this. It drives women crazy. They go, honey, I don't want you to solve it. Just listen to me. Little little hint for the guys out there. But the reality is we want to solve it. We want to fix it. And some things don't need to be solved. You know, they may just be a warning signal that something worse was coming down the road. Job 36 says, God has led you away from danger, giving you freedom. Some of you have got jolted. You're, you're facing problems. Not because you did something wrong, maybe. Maybe it's because you did something right. You know, several years ago, I had a, had a friend, and he was going through some really tough times, and things were going on in his job that he said, you know, I just can't stand it. This is unethical. It's illegal what's going on. And we talked quite a while, and he went and talked to his superior. They fired him. Boom. He was gone. He came, he came to me and said, well, guess that's over. And it wasn't for about a year. year went by. Front page of the State Journal Register. 
his company was being sued and every employee that worked in his department was being sued. But he wasn't being sued. You know why? Because he had stood up and got fired. You see, I, I believe God was protecting him in the midst of that. That, that God was watching out over him. You know, First Peter 3.17 says, It's better to suffer for doing right than doing wrong. You know, Joseph in the Old Testament, I love the story of Joseph, one of my favorites. You know, his brothers are jealous of him. They take him out in the wilderness. They fake his death. They tell his dad he, he, was, he was murdered out there. But the reality is they sold him into slavery. And uh, so Joseph ends up in slavery. He battles through slavery stuff. He becomes a servant in Potiphar's house. Now, I figured Joseph was really a good-looking guy because Potiphar's wife starts coming on to him, trying to seduce him. And Joseph's like, no, I don't want anything to do with this, no. And she got tired of getting turned down, so she decides she's going to fix him, and she accuses him of rape. He ends up in prison. Jolt. I mean, Joseph got jolted several times. But you find this great passage where he's reflecting back on on all the problems of his life. And he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. I know this past week, some of you, someone meant it for harm in your life. But what I want to tell you is God will use it for good. You know, whatever their intent, God will use it for good. He'll use it to protect. He'll use it to direct your life. You know, whatever, whatever it is, God gets involved and makes a difference, you know. And so God's directing our lives along, along the path. And I think that, that Joseph looked back and uh, he realized God was preparing him for success. I mean, the problems with his brothers... The problems out in the desert, the problems of slavery, the problems as he sat in jail. Eventually, all those things propelled him to the number two position in all of Egypt. Only the Pharaoh was higher than Joseph. And God was preparing him for that. I mean, will you trust God in the midst of whatever it is you're facing? Proverbs 20 says, since the Lord is directing your life, your steps, why try to understand everything that happens along the way? You're not always going to understand it. You're not always going to get it. In fact, you will drive yourself crazy trying to figure it out. Why, 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 why? You know, that's what people uh, plop down in front of my desk and go, why is this happening? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't always know. Sometimes it's evident, but many times it's not. And even though you don't understand it, God can use it. So whatever it is, when you're going through that situation, that jolt of your life, you need to ask, how is this protecting me? Where is God taking me? How's God going to use this in my life? You know, how's God going to use this to make me more into his image? How's God going to use it to grow me spiritually so that I have the character like Jesus Christ? You know, how's God going to use it? Because here's what I know. God will use it for good if you let him, if you let him.
But you got to let him. You got to let him in. You got to let him work with whatever that situation is in your life. God will use it for good if you let him, right? Your greatest, your greatest problem that you're facing today is the very thing God wants to use. You know, several years ago, I I went through a really, really tough time in in my personal life as a a pastor. I just uh, really just battling ministry. I'd been in ministry since I started preaching when I was 16. And I found myself where I hated ministry. You know, I was was struggling. I got jolted in, in my life. And so I, I hit this point where the pain w- was just ridiculous. And my goal wasn't to reach people for Jesus Christ anymore. It wasn't to build a, a great church to help people grow in, in their faith. You know what my goal became? God, help me get through another day. God, Keep me afloat. They were dark, 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 dark days for me. Lots of questions. And so I'm battling through this stuff. I'm hating it. The pain is getting unbearable. But you know what? I learned some things about myself. I learned a lot of things about God. I did some major life assessment. And those things prepared me to lead Faith Fellowship. The fact is, we wouldn't be here today if I hadn't been through that pain, probably. You see, God was perfecting and working in me in that time. God was able to bring some good out of that. But before God could use me to lead faith fellowship, he had to get some things straightened out. Was it painful? Yes. Was it helpful? Yes. Was it necessary? Absolutely. Would I do it again? Yes. Would it be painful again? Yes. Am I glad it happened? You bet I am. You bet I am. Pain is the high cost of growth. See, people want the product without the process. We want the growth without the pain. And the thing that is discouraging you today, right now, the thing that's jolting your life is exactly what God wants to use to develop you, to change you. Romans 5, 3 through 4 says this. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that we are, they are for Yeah, we'll try that again. Know that they are good for us. They help us learn to be patient. And patience develops strength and character in us and helps us to trust God more each time we use it. Your problem is not your problem. Your problem is how you respond to your problem. When does a problem become a problem? Well, when you respond the wrong way. When you lose God's perspective on things. When you start blaming other people 
for your problems, when you become bitter about your problems, when anger and resentment and those kind of things kick in, when you throw away your values because of a problem, when you focus, hear this, when you focus on the problem instead of focusing on God, that's when your problem becomes a problem. So the next time, next time you face a jolt, in the midst of being blue, Here's the odd part. It's all positive. It absolutely is. Ben's going to come and share with us in, in music. Just stay seated and uh, let, let God speak to you through this. Uh, you know, I know that for some of you, this is painful to even hear this morning because you're going through some stuff. But there's going to come a point where you're going to look back at that pain, that problem, that struggle, and you're not going to go, woohoo, I'm glad I went through that, but you're going to say, you know what, I'm glad I did, because God changed me, that's what God can do with a jolt, 